Hello and welcome to the Adventures of Paul Temple from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. We present Peter Cook as Paul Temple and Marjorie Westbury as Steve in Paul Temple and the Gilbert Case, the new Francis Durbridge serial in eight parts. Episode eight, The Guilty Party. Just as I was leaving, June gave me a parcel and said, this is for you, Betty. It's just a little present, darling. I took the parcel home, but I was so tired I didn't open it until the next morning. Yes? You, you'll never guess what was inside that parcel, Mr. Temple. I know what was inside it. A pair of shoes. Oh, a pair of shoes? Am I right? Yes, but... When did June give Brenda Sterling her present? But how do you know? Didn't she give her a pair of shoes well, as yes, well? Yes. Were they the same as yours? Well, they were evening shoes, but they, they were quite different. But how did you know that June had given Brenda a pair of shoes? Did, did she tell you? I never met Brenda Sterling. Well, how did you know? Why do you think June, Michael, gave you and Brenda those shoes? I... I don't know. Then I'll tell you. The Cordoba pendant was stolen by a man called Larry Boardman. Oh. It was common knowledge that he'd stolen it, but the police couldn't pin it on him. He knew it was no good trying to get rid of the pendant while the hue and cry was on, but about six months later he died. Before he died, however, he sent for a very dear friend of his. June Michael? Yes, June Michael. He told her that the pendant was worth at least £50,000, but he didn't give it to her. He told her it must remain where it was for two or three years when it would be safe to dispose of it. But if June didn't have the pendant... He gave her a strip of microfilm showing the exact hiding place of the Cordoba pendant. Am I right? Yes. At first... June didn't know what to do with the film. She was rather frightened of the whole business. She kept it for a while, and then one day her flat was ransacked. She realised then that other people were interested in the Cordoba pendant. She... She decided to cut the film into three parts, and, and she put each part in the heel of a shoe. I had one of the shoes. Brenda had one, and June kept the other one herself. Did you know about the film when she gave you the shoes? No, no, I didn't. She told me the whole story much later. How much later? Oh, well, just after Brenda was murdered. I see. In view of what's happened, you've been rather fortunate. Fortunate? Brenda Sterling was murdered. June Michael committed suicide. Mrs. Talbot was... oh, I don't know anything about Mrs. Talbot. No? Well, she was murdered. One of her shoes was stolen. But I, I, I know nothing about Mrs. Talbot except that she was a witness in the Sterling case. Didn't you meet her one night at La Mortella? No, I didn't. I think you did. What happened between you and Mrs. Talbot? Well? Well, I sold her my part of the film. She paid me a thousand pounds for it. I met her several times because I... Well, I was trying to get more money out of her. Whose suggestion was it that you met at La Mortella? I don't remember. Probably it was mine. Was Mrs. Talbot buying the film for herself? No, she said she was acting as a go-between, but she didn't say who for. I see. You've been very stupid, Miss Wayne. Yes. The moment you knew what was on the film, you ought to have taken it to Scotland Yard. Yes, I realise that. I realise it now more than ever, but... Oh, well, it seemed an easy way of making a thousand pounds. Now, for all... I didn't steal the pendant. I, I didn't even keep the film. But you knew what was on it. <laughs> yes. It's no good pretending I didn't. Well, that's honest, at any rate. Miss Wayne, 
You did me a favour last night, and I haven't forgotten it. Uh, by telling you not to go to Reading? Yes. Just after you warned me, I received the invitation. From Fabian? Yes. What happened, Miss Wayne? Did you overhear someone talking or something? Yes. I was in the ladies' room and Fabian was talking to someone outside. I, I thought I'd better mention it to your husband. Mm, I'm very glad you did. I didn't recognise the other voice because, well, Fabian seemed to be doing most of the talking. Miss Wayne. Yes? I want you to do something for me. I want you to give a cocktail party. A cocktail party? Yes. When? Tomorrow night. You mean he here, in this flat? Yes. Are you serious? Perfectly serious. Will you do it? Well, who do you want me to invite? My wife, myself, Sir Graham Forbes, Inspector Kingston, Lance Reynolds, and Wilfred Sterling. Yes, all right, Mr. Temple. Shall we say... Seven o'clock? Seven o'clock. Oh, and I think perhaps you'd better invite Louis Fabian. Another glass of sherry, Mrs. Temple? Yes. Oh, no, thank you. Lance? I'm all right, thank you, Betty. Inspector. Oh, oh, you've got whiskey. I'd like some more soda, if I may. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> Here you are, Inspector. Oh, thank you. You don't look too happy with your glass of sherry, Mr. Fabian? No, 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 please. It's very good sherry. <laughs> look, Betty. I've got an appointment at half past seven. How long is this thing going on? I don't know. It, it wasn't my idea. What do you mean? It wasn't your idea. Oh, don't be silly, Lance. Do you think I should have invited all these people? Oh, uh, excuse me. Uh, yes, the door. Well, if it's <laughs> Oh, good evening, Mr. Sterling. Good evening. I'm so glad you could get here. I'm rather late, I'm afraid. Oh, no, that's all right. You come along. I'll, I'll introduce you to the others. Thank you. Come along in. Hello, Mr. Sterling. Oh, good evening. Uh, how are you? Hello, Mr. Sterling. Uh, hello, I, Mrs. Temple. I think you've met uh, Sir Graham Forbes and Inspector Kingston. Uh, yes, Good evening. This is Lance Reynolds and Louis Fabian. Good How you do? Now, what do you like? Sherry, gin, whiskey? Uh, have you a soft drink? I'm sorry to be a nuisance, but... Uh, oh, yes, tomato juice. That would do nicely. <laughs> do you like lemonade? Uh, well, I Temple, I forgive my asking, but was this cocktail party your idea? It was. Well, don't you think it would help if you came straight to the point? What point? Look, we're not exactly children. It's perfectly obvious why you invited us here this evening. Every person in this room is connected in some way or other with the Gilbert case. Well? Well, what's all this about, Temple? Exactly. I'll tell you what it's all about, Inspector. A girl called Brenda Sterling was murdered, and her fiancé, Howard Gilbert, was arrested. You all know what happened. Gilbert was tried and eventually convicted. But he didn't commit the murder. No, he didn't, Reynolds. Then who did? We'll come to that in a few moments, Fabian. Now, it's true that Gilbert did have a row with Brenda. Mr. Sterling heard them. But if Gilbert didn't murder his fiancée, then the row was completely unimportant. And we had to find another motive. Exactly, Sir Graham. Well, it took us some little time to find it. But eventually, I found a photograph in June Michael's flat of a friend of hers who called himself Leonard Bradley. Leonard Bradley? Mm. Now, we discovered that Bradley was really Larry Boardman. Larry 
Oh. A notorious crook who, it was generally accepted, had stolen the Cordoba pendant, which, um, incidentally, has never been recovered. But Baldwin's dead. Mm, I know. But just before he died, he gave June Michael a microfilm, which indicated the hiding place of the pendant. Several attempts were made to get hold of the film, and in desperation, June split it into three parts and hid each part in the heel of a shoe. She kept one shoe herself. The others... Were given to Brenda and Mrs. Talbot. To Brenda, yes, Mr. Sterling, but not to Mrs. Talbot. Oh. But, just a minute, Temple. If Mrs. Talbot didn't have one of the shoes, then she didn't have a portion of the film. I said it wasn't given to her by June Michael. In actual fact, she had it, but she bought it from someone. From Brenda Sterling? No, from... Someone else. But but how does this fellow Hamilton fit into the picture? The night you came to La Mortella, you kept asking me if I heard of anyone called Hamilton. Hamilton, or rather the person who chooses to call himself Hamilton, knew that Larry Boardman had given June Michael the microfilm. And he was determined to get it. He murdered Brenda. Faked the June Michael incident to look like suicide. Are you suggesting June Michael was murdered? I am, Inspector. And then he commissioned Mrs. Talbot to buy the third and missing piece of microfilm, which she did for a thousand pounds. Mrs. Talbot refused to hand it over, except at a substantial profit. So, Hamilton agreed to meet her at Farnham. And while this meeting was taking place, he had our flat searched. And did Howard, uh, Hamilton fake the evidence against Howard? Of course. After he'd got Mrs. Torbert to swear she'd seen him leave the bomb site, there wasn't a great deal of evidence to fake. Although they faked it most successfully, as we know. Mm. But Gilbert did have a row with Brenda, and he did make a false statement to the police. I see. Yes, but but you still haven't told us who is Mr. Hamilton. Don't you know, Mr. Fagan? Well, don't you? Look out, Temple. <laughs> Stand back. <laughs> If anyone comes near me, I warn you, I'll shoot. Put that gun down, Fabian. Don't be a fool, man. Put it down. I warn you. Get away from that door. Get away from the door, Miss Wayne. Now, look. I'm going to take this key, and I'm going to lock the door from the other side. If anybody rushes me, I'll shoot. No, we don't move, Jebel. I warn you, I'll shoot from the door if anybody comes near me. Good afternoon, Inspector. Uh, hello, Mrs. Temple. Is your husband in? No, I'm afraid he isn't, but I'm expecting him at any minute. Oh. Uh, well, I, I won't stop. I've got an appointment at half past five. Is there any news? I'm afraid not. It's early days, yet we'll pick him up all right, don't worry. I expect you've had a pretty hectic 24 hours. Hectic? <laughs> I never want to see another railway station or airport as long as I live. According to the newspapers, the whole of Scotland Yard is... Oh, there's a telephone. Would you excuse yes, me? Yes, of course. I'll phone tomorrow morning. All right, Inspector. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hello? Hello, is that you, Steve? Oh, hello, Sir Graham. I'm afraid Paul's out. Oh, dear. I'm expecting him at any moment, though. Did he leave any message? No, he simply said that if you telephoned, I was to ask him. Oh, wait a minute. I, I think he's just come in. Oh, hello, Steve. Uh, is that for me? Yes, it's a great. Oh, good. 
Did you see Inspector Kingston? No. Oh, only just this minute left. I can't think how you missed him. Uh, hello, Sir Graham. Well, what's happened? It's all right. There's no need to worry. Are you sure? Yes. Well, remember, he's got the complete film. And if he doesn't keep this appointment... No, this is one appointment he will keep. Now, you won't forget, Sir Graham, the whole place surrounded... We're all ready, Temple. Everything's laid on. We're just waiting for the green light. Well, you'll get it tonight, Sir Graham. Good. Nine o'clock? Nine o'clock at La Mortella. Yes. Let's go through to the dining room. Well, Fabian's here. He's managing to keep well out of the way. Well, naturally. Oh, hello. There's the inspector. Is Sir Graham with him? No, he's on his own. The end table on, on the left. Oh, yes. Yes, I see him. Right. Look, go and talk to Sir Graham, Steve. I want to have a word with the inspector. Yes, all right. Hello, Inspector. Hello, Temple. Look, uh, let's find a quiet corner and I'll buy you a drink. Oh, thanks. I could do with one. Well, still no sign of Fabian. No. Look, let's put our cards on the table. Whatever made you suspect him? I must confess, he was away down on my list. <laughs> Who was at the top of it? Well, Howard Gilbert, of course. Yes, I know, but... Ah, oh, you mean later, after the June Michael interview? Yes. Well, quite frankly, I suspected Lance Reynolds. Mm, I can understand that. Reynolds was friendly with both Betty Wayne and Howard Gilbert. Mm. Betty told him she had part of the film. And Reynolds realised that if Howard Gilbert could get him the second part from Brenda Stern... He'd be two-thirds of the way home. Exactly. All he had to do then was to get the third piece of film from June Michael. Yeah. Gilbert, however, wouldn't play. So, Reynolds decided to enlist the services of Wilfred Sterling. He told him about the film and promised him a cut of the proceeds. Mm. But before Sterling could get the film from Brenda, she was murdered. By? By Hamilton, who already knew that the film had been cut into three pieces and that Brenda Sterling had one of them. Now, Sterling, of course, was really stunned by the murder. But Reynolds, who already knew quite a lot about Hamilton, realised that Hamilton must be the murderer. Mm. When Howard Gilbert was arrested, they were both horrified. Then Sterling produced a diary of Brenda's, which seemed to establish that she had been meeting a Mr. Fairfax. Uh -huh. Reynolds, firmly believing that Fairfax was another name for Hamilton, concocted a letter which was intended to show that Gilbert had been framed, hmm. which indeed he had. By Hamilton. By Hamilton. Yes, but uh, how does Mrs. Talbot fit into all this? She was told by Hamilton to get Betty Wayne's portion of the microfilm. She was successful. But Reynolds was furious when he heard that Betty had sold her portion of the film to Mrs. Talbot for a thousand pounds. He immediately... Offered Mrs. Talbot 1,500. Well, I don't know what Reynolds offered her. But that's why he telephoned her that day, when we were at Soho Square. He said, what about the Hamilton affair? Do I get the third shoe? In other words, do I get the third piece of film? Hmm. Well, we know what happened to Mrs. Talbot. Yes. But she was the sort of person you could very easily underrate. Hmm? 
Why do you say that? Well, even Hamilton underrated Dyer. He did? He must have paid her a substantial sum to testify against Howard Gilbert. Unless he was blackmailing her. Hmm. There's a possibility of that, of course. But it's my bet she was about to blackmail him. But she'd never actually met him. No. How could she blackmail him if she didn't know who he was? She began to suspect. She made inquiries. She even went to a reference library. A reference library? Mm. She looked up the person she suspected in a reference book. I suppose she must have found out certain things about the mysterious Mr. Hamilton and wanted to check them against the biography of the person she suspected. How do you know that? Peter Galino said they met in a reference library. Yes. Well, I went there and found that Mrs. Torbett had asked for two books. One was a book called The Theory of the Photographic Process. Now, that's funny. Reynolds is interested in photography. It's his hobby. Yes. But it was the second book she was interested in. Really? Yes. The second book. Hmm. Uh, Temple, what do you think our chances are? Of what? Of catching Fabian. I think they're excellent, but... We don't particularly want to catch him, do we? What? What do you mean? Why don't you ask me the question, Inspector? What question? You're wondering about that book. The second book that Mrs. Torbert consulted. Why should I? It was the Encyclopedia of the Social Sciences. It contained biographical details of CID personnel. Well? The person Mrs. Torbert suspected... Wasn't Louis Fabian? No. No. It was Detective Inspector Kingston. You mean she suspected me? She thought I was Hamilton? Yes. But why? For heaven's sake, why? Because you are Mr. Hamilton, Inspector. That's why. What are you getting at? Shall I tell you why you came here this evening? You had a note from Fabian. He said that if you didn't meet him, he'd put certain facts before Sir Graham Forbes. Oh. Oh, this is very enlightening. Go on. You didn't want that to happen, not yet. You were prepared to do a deal with Fabian. Why should I do a deal with Fabian? Because you've now got the complete film inspector and your best bet is to let this business die down, then later pick up the pendant and quietly disappear. Oh, my dear Temple, what absolute nonsense. I know you got that note from Fabian because I was there when he wrote it. I actually posted it myself. If you don't believe me, ask Fabian. What? He's standing behind you. Good evening, Inspector. Why, you double-crossing little... Look out! (laughs) Fabian, where does that passage lead to? Oh, my jaw. What did you say? Where does that passage lead to? My office. Anywhere else? No. What happened? What happened? He hit Fabian and made a dash for it. Well, he won't get far. I've got men at the end of that passage. Is there anybody on the roof? Don't worry, Temple. I've got half the flying squad. Did you get him, Johnson? He's locked himself in the office at the end of the corridor. Is that your office, Fabian? Yes. Is there another entrance? No. A window? No, there isn't a window. He'll have to come out the way he went in. Good. Come on, Sir Graham. Right. Kingston! Don't be a fool! The game's up! Open the door! What's he doing? It sounds as if he's moving the furniture about. He's barricading the door. Kingston! We'll give you ten seconds. Then we'll blow the lock. Paul, there's there's something burning. Yes, she's right, sir. Blow the lock, Sergeant, quickly. Stand back, Mrs. Temple. Yes. All right, Sergeant. He's wedged the door. The 
strong smell of petrol or something. Good Lord! What is it, Fabian? I'd forgotten. There's a drum of Veronex in one of the cupboards. Veronex. That's cleaning spirit, isn't it? Yes, we've been using it for the carpets. Well, that stuff's highly inflammable. If he's poured that over everything, the whole place will go up. He must be mad to do such a thing. I know what he's trying to do. There used to be a door for my office to a staff staircase. But I had it blocked up. It's only a wooden partition and he's trying to burn it down. What happens if he does? Well, if he's lucky... He won't be lucky. The fire's got a firm hold. Look, go downstairs. Tell the people there's a possibility of a fire breaking out. Get everybody outside as quickly as you can. Yes, all right, Steve. Go down with it. No, him. I'd rather please, wait. Please, darling, yes. please. All right. Come along, Mrs. Temple. Now, the best thing we can do is to get every available... You heard that? Yes. He won't come out now. <coughs> I think we can break the door down no, now. No. Stand back, sir. <coughs> They've found him, sir. Could you identify him? There's no doubt, I suppose. No, I've seen him. It's Kingston, all right. He must have been crazy to do a thing like that. Well, it's perhaps a good job he did, Sir Graham. Yes. I think they're just beginning to get the fire under control, sir. Oh, good. Well, that's not my department, thank goodness. Good night, sir. Good night, Sergeant. Good night, Mrs. Temple. Good night, sir. Good night, sir. I've ever tasted. <laughs> you can't beat Charlie for coffee. <laughs> oh, you beast. You know perfectly well I made it. And <laughs> now I really must go. No, no, oh, since no. you can't go yet, have another cup. Oh, no, thank you. Four's my limit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you can't go yet, Sir Graham. Steve's absolutely bursting with curiosity. Well, I am. The thing I don't understand. <laughs> what don't you understand, Steve? Well, why did Kingston do all this? After all, he had a pretty good job. He also had a pretty nice collection of debts, Steve. He'd been gambling heavily. Lost nearly £7,000. The Cordova pendant was an easy way out. It was worth nearly 5000 50000 50000 I mean, <laughs> yes. I tell you, it was a shock to me. Kingston was in a unique position. It was a simple job to make the necessary contacts. Oh, yes, I can see that, of course. What about that little Italian waiter, Galino? Well, Galino obviously knew something about Kingston. That's why he was beaten up. And remember, Kingston was the only person who was allowed to see Galino at the hospital, except myself... And you know what his reactions were. Yes, I Poor Devil changed his original statement because he was terrified. Yes, and of course, Kingston admitted he was at Farnham when Mrs. Torbett was married. Mm, and he was at La Motella the night Betty Wayne warned me against going to Reading. But I thought she'd overheard a conversation between Reynolds and Fabian. No, between Fabian and Kingston. Oh. And it was that conversation which confirmed my suspicions. I told Kingston I'd been warned not to go down to Reading, but I didn't tell him who had warned me. I gave him the impression it was Reynolds who had overheard his conversation with Fabian. Well, you know what happened, or nearly happened, to Mr. Reynolds. Oh, the car accident, yes, I certainly oh. do. But, Paul, tell me, was Fabian working for Kingston? No, but Kingston was beginning to make use of him. He must have started by doing Fabian one or two good favours. For instance, he, he found out about Lynn Ferguson and tipped him off. Mm. And why was Lynn kidnapped? Because Kingston wanted us to concentrate on La Mortella. By kidnapping Lynn, he threw suspicion onto Fabian. Yes, that's why Galino told me I'd find Hamilton at La Motella. He was warned that if he didn't tell me, he wouldn't be just beaten up, he'd be murdered. As soon as Fabian knew the whole story, he offered to collaborate with us. And, well, you know what happened. Incidentally, Temple, we picked up Mrs. Stone this morning. Oh. Who is Mrs. Stone? The woman you saw at Mrs. Talbot's. 
She was working for Kingston. Oh, yes. She searched the flat and actually found the second piece of microfilm. And she handed it over to Kingston. Yes, she knew what had happened to Mrs. Talbot, and she wasn't taking any chances. Well, just one more question, darling. Mm-hmm. Why did Sterling install that listening apparatus? Did he think Betty Wayne was working for Hamilton? Well, I don't know, but he knew that Reynolds was friendly with her and wanted to make sure that he wasn't being double-crossed. I see. Well, that's the end of the Gilbert case, Temple. Oh, surely it's not quite the end. What's going to happen to Howard Gilbert? It already happened, Steve. What? He was released this afternoon. Oh, good. Congratulations, darling. Thank you, Steve. (laughs) Well, what are you going to do now, Temple? If I remember rightly, you were off for a holiday when this business started. Yes, we'd arranged a continental tour. I'm afraid that's off. For the time being, at any rate. Oh? Why? Well, for one thing, thanks to Mr. Hamilton, the car's indisposed. Secondly, neither of us feels like a tour. We just want a jolly good rest. Mm, I can understand that. The trouble is that I want to go to Venice and Paul wants to go to Monte Carlo. Venice, all that distance just for smells and gondolas. Venice (laughs) doesn't smell. It's absolute heaven. In any case, what about Monte Carlo? Well, what about it? Well, it's uh, uh, windy. Windy? Monte Carlo? (laughs) Yes, it's windy. Nonsense, you're thinking of (laughs) Beachy. That's the wrong time of year for Monte Carlo. What do you mean, the wrong time of the year? Oh, you know perfectly well. I've set my heart on going to Venice. Yeah, what is it, Charlie? Can I have a word with Mrs. Temple, sir? What about about the laundry, oh. sir. Oh, that's life, that is. I want Venice, I get the laundry. All right, Charlie. Sean, be a moment, Sir Graham, don't go. Right. Temple, it's none of my business, of course, but mm. uh, if you really want to rest, I don't advise you to go to Italy, and certainly not Venice. Why? Haven't you heard of the Rosario case? No. Tell me. Well, a man called Rosario, a Venetian, has been accused of murdering his sister, Countess Thaler. Mm. He was tried and found guilty. Yes. Now, the extraordinary thing is this. Several people claim to have seen Countess Thaler since the murder. Since the murder? Yes. A report came through from Rome that she'd been seen in the Palazzo Lorenza. Twenty-four hours later, a journalist swore he'd seen her in Milan. What an extraordinary... Now, last night, this is the most extraordinary thing. A report came through from Venice mm. from a prominent Italian diplomat that... Oh. Hello, darling. Everything all right? Yes, fine. What were you talking about? Mm? Oh, you were just talking... Well, I've been thinking. Perhaps we will go to Monte Carlo after all. No, 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 dear, if you've set your heart on no, Venice. No, no, you've had a very busy time and you deserve a rest. Oh, well, I, I can rest in Venice. No, no, you wanted to go to Monte Carlo, so we'll go to Monte no, Carlo. I, I, I'd just as soon go to Venice, Steve. But you said... Yes, you... I, yes, I know, darling, but Sir Graham says Venice is so romantic. After all, Steve, we're not getting any younger, are we, darling? If we can snatch just a little romance out of the ordinary commonplace every day... Come off that soapbox, you chiseler. What? Venice. I can just see us at Venice, me on a gondola, and you at police headquarters. Steve! <laughs> Timothy, you were listening. Well, of course I was listening. Monte Carlo, here we come. In the last episode of Paul Temple and the Gilbert Case, the part of Paul Temple... I know exactly what was in the box, Miss Wayne. A pair of shoes. ...was played by Peter Cook. Steve? I can just see us at Venice, me in a gondola, and you at police headquarters. By Marjorie Westbury. Sir Graham Forbes... But the Gilbert Case is closed, Temple. It's finished. By Lester Muddit. Charlie? I usually make a very nice cup of tea, Mr. Temple. By James Beattie. 
Louis Fabian. Welcome to La Mortella, Mr. Temple. By Olaf Olsen. Lance Reynolds. What about the Hamilton affair? Do I get the third shoe? By Richard Williams. Betty Wayne. Whatever happens, Mr. Temple, don't go down to Reading. By Griselda Harvey. Wilfred Sterling. I don't think Howard Gilbert did murder my daughter. By Charles Leno. Lynn Ferguson. After all, Mr. Temple, there's no reason why we shouldn't be friends, is there? By Peggy Hassard. And Detective Inspector Kingston, alias Hamilton. So many people seem to be investigating the Gilbert case. By Duncan McIntyre. Others who have taken part in the serial are Geoffrey Bond, Anne Cullen, Elizabeth London, David Peel, Robert Rietti, Alec Ross, Cyril Shapps. Paul Temple is written by Francis Durbridge and produced by Martin C. Webster with technical production by Frederick Bell.